Let's get into the message today. We're going to start a new series today, a brand new series called Kingdom Values. I have one of the ways that I think about preaching, like whenever I, some people ask me sometimes, well, what do you, how do you come up with stuff and what do you think about? Well, first of all, it typically always comes out of my journal. Like what, what have I been studying? What has God been speaking to me? That's, that's typically where it all comes from. But, but as far as style is concerned and things that I do, so a couple of weeks ago, um, we did what we called expository, where you just go through the scripture, boom, 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 and let the scripture really dictate your notes for you. And those are a lot of fun and very easy to do. And then, and then earlier in the year, we did um, a series on apologetics that was more teaching and, and giving you a bunch of facts and numbers and things that you can use in, in your witnessing. And, and today, we're going we're gonna to do something a little bit different. We're going to start a new series. And this series, um, although it's going to be more topical, I'm going to tell you some things. It's, it's really going to be more about us as a church. And, and one of the things I want to do is really help. We've got a lot of people that are newer to the church. If, if, if you're new to the church in the last, let's just say, six months, just raise your hand real quick. I'm not going to make you stand up. I just look around. I mean, a lot of people here new in the last six months. And some of those didn't raise their hands. Um, because they knew they were scared that I would call them up on stage. But, but a lot of people are new here in the last six months. A lot of you are new here in the last year. And so what we want to do is try to establish what are the values? What's the culture at this church? What are the things that we see is valuable and the things that we want to do? And, and so that's what we were going to do. This series is going to be really about values. And so it's kind of going to be preaching about us as a church. And, and my goal for that is to be able to give you some things from the Bible that we are going to adopt or have adopted as a church. But at the same time, I want, to, I want to give you things that you can take home to your business, that you can take to your family, that you can take to your um, you know, school and, and different areas of your life. And so that's, that's going to be our goal today. So today's message is really going to be a setup. I'm going, to, I'm going to set you up for the rest of the series, okay? So we cool with that? Everybody, nobody cares really. They just like shut up and talk, you monkey. So um, all right. So the first thing I want to tell you is that values are important. It's very important that you have values in your life. And um, this is typically something you see in business a lot. A lot of organizations have, have values, and they'll, they'll call them core values or, or um, you know, main values, and they'll have them posted around their, their offices. And, and I found this article, and here's what it says. I'm, I'm going to give you the quote. It says, an organization's values lay the foundation for what that company cares about most. It provides a common purpose that all employees should understand, work towards, and live by. Once you define and promote your values, employees come to understand the behaviors that are expected of them and that will lead them to success. A couple of words I want to point out in that little phrase is uh, it talks about what we care about. It talks about what we work toward. It says that values um, help us understand how to live. Um, it says that values give us expected behavior and that values will lead or guide us to success. The reason I wanted to point that out is because I feel like values, when you have a set of values, now, obviously for me, um, as a Christian, I want to derive all of my values from God's word. And that's what we're going to get today. But values really help guide and direct even all of my decision making if I understand the values, right? So, I've got kids now that, that drive and, and they go hang out with their friends and they're gone for hours on end, right? Like, like you would think this is the dream. This is what I've always hoped for. This is what I've always wished for. It's just to get the kids out of my hair. And I don't have any hair, so it's pretty easy to do, right? 
And so I've always wanted this, but it's never actually happened. And so, um, so finally my kids are out of the house, and guess what happens? Whenever my kids go off yesterday, um, my kids were gone for most of the day, hours on end. And, um, and guess what happens? I'm worried. Yeah, I'm absolutely worried. I'm missing them. I want to know where they are. I'm checking Life 360 every 20 minutes just to see where they are. And then I'm wondering, why are you at this place? And I'm texting them and calling them. Why are you here when you should be over here? You said you're going to this store, but now you're at a different store altogether. And so, so I'm constantly watching and seeing. And so, so whenever my son came home yesterday, I was talking to him and I, and I explained to him. I said, I need you to understand the value here. This is what I value. I value knowing that you're safe. I value knowing what's going on in your life before everybody. I don't want someone else telling me what's happening in your life. I want to know it first. And it's not because I'm overbearing. Maybe I am. But it's not because of that. It's because I value you. I value family. And I want to make sure you understand that. And so we have these values and they dictate how we do things. And, and, um, and in, the Bible, in the Bible, there are values that, that are taught throughout the scriptures and, um, and so I want to I get to a couple of things. The message series is called Kingdom Values. And, and the reason I put kingdom in there is because of this. The, the word kingdom is mentioned by, by Jesus over a hundred times in the Gospels. Over a hundred times in the Gospels, he talks about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, in the book of Matthew alone, he says it 53 times. 53 times Matthew records Jesus talking about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. This was a priority. This was a value, right, for Jesus. And, and um, then he preaches this message called the Sermon on the Mount. We've done a series on that before. It's a great message. Obviously, Jesus preached it, so um, it's really good. But in that message, one of the things he says is, um, he says, you've heard it said. He says that six times in one message. You've heard it said. And he would, he'll call out what the world values. He'll call out what, what other people value. And then he'll insert one of his values. So in talking about the kingdom, he establishes a culture uh, where, where we've got this kingdom of God. And then what he does is once he establishes that this is important, then he starts giving us values for that kingdom. And when he gives us those values, he will contrast them with, other, with the, the way the world operates. It's different than the way the culture, I mean, the way the kingdom operates. So I want to give you a couple of things because it's important to understand this, that, that we live our life in the marketplace. You don't live your life in church. That would be easy, right? That would be very nice and, and, and it would be easy. But we live our life in the marketplace. We live our life in the school. We live our life in, in, in our businesses and in, in, in our homes. So, so a couple of things I want to just point out real quick that, that Jesus and, and the Bible talks about, especially in the book of Matthew, is this. Um, I'm going to give you some contrasts here. So the, the market, when I say market, I mean the world, the culture, uh, the marketplace out there, our jobs. The market values production, right? And you guys know that. Those of you that work in the, in the marketplace, you understand the market values production, but the kingdom values reproduction. The kingdom values reproduction. I'm not talking about making babies. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, here's what the Bible says, verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The world values production. I don't care how you get there. I don't care what you do to get there. I don't, I don't care about anything but the bottom line. You have to produce. But the kingdom values reproduction. It values reproduce yourself in other people. 
You really want to be successful? You reproduce yourself in other people. You make disciples. So whenever we start thinking, and I'm going to give you some examples, when you start thinking about things like, how do I apply the kingdom values to my family? And again, the rest of the message series is going to be about that. Then you need to remember, hey, in your family, more important than your kids making money, more important than your kids getting the best grades, more important than your kids being the star of the team, is that are you reproducing in them the things that God has given you? Are you making disciples in your own home? Because if you're not making disciples in your own home, it doesn't matter if they're the star of the team. Hell is full of rich, smart star athletes. And we have an opportunity to reproduce ourselves because a kingdom value is reproduction, not merely production. The market values the destination. The kingdom values the journey. The market says you get there, and I don't care how you get there, but the kingdom says it's all about how you get there. That's the point. In the market, they're going to tell you you can step on people, you can, you can use people, abuse people. It doesn't matter what you do, but the kingdom says it's about the journey. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to give you a scripture on this one because I had just a bunch of Scriptures in my head. Uh, Jesus says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. In other words, it's about endurance, right? It's about you being able to endure something. Um, The Bible says, walk by the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide your thoughts and your actions. He doesn't care about the end. He knows the end. The end is heaven. The end is, is that's, that's already established. So Jesus and, and God, the, the, the kingdom, they care about how you get there matters. Endurance. Um, uh, knowing that the Holy Spirit is, is, is leading you and guiding you. Jesus says in the verse we just used earlier, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, my presence will be with you until the very end because it's about the journey, not just the destination. The market values promotion. The kingdom values serving others. The market values promotion. I want to get ahead. I want to be at the top. I want to do whatever I can to be the boss. And while that's not bad, listen, I'm all about business owners. I'm all about um, leadership. I, I love those things. Please don't get me wrong. But I think we need to understand our values because sometimes our values get flipped. And when we lean too heavy on our value promotion, we forget that Jesus said this in Matthew 20, verses 25 through 27. Jesus called them together and said, you know, the rulers of this world lord it over the people. And the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, he's establishing some culture here. He's establishing a value of the kingdom. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must first be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says, everybody else is going to value promotion. I'm telling you to value being a servant. You need to value serving other people, loving people. And then promotion can come later. The market, I'm going to give you two more. The market values profit. The kingdom values faithfulness. The market values profit. The kingdom values faithfulness. Something we need to think about. Yeah, but Gabriel, I've got to to hit those profit margins. I've got to hit the numbers. I've got to sell or, or else my business goes under. Totally get it. I totally understand. There are things that you're going to have to do in the marketplace, absolutely. But it doesn't necessarily have to dictate your values. Your value can still be faithfulness 
And yes, I'm still going to work for the man. I'm still going to get the, the, make the money and do the things I've got to do. But I need to understand where my values lie. Because if my value is in the profits, then, then I'm, willing, I'm willing to gut someone else's business so that I can make a profit. I'm willing, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to someone else because it's about competition and it's not about faithfulness. Jesus values faithfulness. The Bible says there's a story Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 25. And in the story, he says that there was a rich man and the rich man had uh, three servants. And he gives one of the servants, uh, you know, like talents. Is, is, it's not talent like ability, but it was a, a form of money. He gives one, one servant five talents and one servant two talents and one servant one talent. And he says, okay, I'm leaving. You guys take care of my stuff. And so he leaves. And the Bible says that one servant, um, the first two servants invest the money of the rich man. Um, and whenever they invested the money, it ended up making more money, doubled, and they were able to bring the rich man a profit. The third servant ended up burying the money that the rich man gave him and did nothing with it. And so whenever the rich man came back, he just gave him his money back, the same thing that he already had. And, and the guy that did that, um, the problem with that guy is he ends up getting fired, basically, right? He gets fired. But Jesus, I want you to look at how Jesus... Um, talks about the rich man, the leader, and what he says to the guys that, that doubled his money. He, he doesn't say, uh, in, in verse 21, it says, the master was full of praise. It doesn't say, well done, uh, my good and profitable servant. It says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Isn't that cool? I, I just love the fact that Jesus cares more about faithfulness than he does a bottom line. And we need to learn to be faithful. And that doesn't mean longevity. Notice that I didn't say he, he values longevity. Some of you are going to think, well, I've been at my job for 25 years. I've been faithful. No, you've been there a long time. There's a big difference in being somewhere a long time. You can be there a long time doing nothing. And you can get fired, right? Faithful means I'm faithful. I'm, I'm, when I'm faithful, I'm not, just, I'm not just faithful in the finances. I'm faithful with what the boss wants me to do. I understand the boss's values, and I work through the things that he needs me to do. Faithfulness. The last one, and then we'll, we'll get into what Jesus has to say. I want to talk about his values to set up the next message series. The market values temporary gain. The kingdom values eternal reward. Matthew 6, says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Seek his kingdom above all else. In other words, live according to the values that I'm giving you above everything else and, and live righteously and I'll take care of you. I promise I'll take care of you. Mark eight thirty six says this, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? What do you benefit Okay, great, you got an award. Great, you got a bunch of money. I, I was listening to a guy one time. His name is um, Robert Morris. He's got a church in Dallas called Gateway Church in Dallas. Um, we're not a part of that church. Uh, everybody always asks us, are you, a, are you a campus? I'm like, no, they're a campus of us, right? Like, <laughs> they've got like thousands of people, right? Um, but Robert Morris was preaching a message one time, and, and in his message he was talking about how he had a rich friend that took him on a car ride, and, and um, they were driving along, and they were driving through this nice neighborhood, and they were looking at the houses, and it's just mansion after mansion after mansion, and, and Robert was just like, man, these houses are huge, and, and the guy said, yeah, but you know what, it's all going to burn. And Robert was like, what? And he said, 
One day it'll all burn. Like, what's the point? What's the point of getting so, putting so much value in something that's going to be gone? And, and it, was a, it was a kind of a turning point for him. And, and for us today, that's something we need to recognize is there's a lot of temporary gains that are going to burn. We need to be considering what's the eternal reward. I, I bring it back to the family thing again because I feel so strongly that, that we need to apply values in our own home. And, and, and one of the things I think about is this. We get, especially in this area, sports is huge, right? We love sports and trustful. We love sports in Alabama in general. Like sports is king. And so we will, we will sacrifice everything we have so that our kids can play a sport. Not us as adults. We don't play sports anymore because we're old and broken. But we live, we live through our kids to play sports. And we're willing to sacrifice, listen, we're willing to sacrifice church for sports. And I'm not going to be that guy that gets on the soapbox that you can't ever travel and, and play travel ball and stuff like that. We do that. Our, my daughter plays travel ball sometimes, and, and there's times whenever, whenever we have to travel. And I get that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But whenever it becomes a value, when sports becomes the value, now what you're telling your children is you're saying this is the most valuable thing. Not God, not school, sports. Get that scholarship, right? Be number one. And if we start valuing those things, we're valuing them, we're teaching them to value the temporary, not the eternal. We've got to establish eternal values in our home. And so that's, that's just one of the things that I feel like we're dealing with. And so, so these are just some of the examples of what the market values versus what the kingdom values. And, and here's the problem. We face a challenge today, and, and here's our challenge. We found it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is a great chapter. Um, if you read the whole thing in context, one of the things that, that Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is he talks about how, we, um, how God has come and reconciled us. He's set us free. He's, he, he's saved our souls. And, and, and then he throws his challenge down in verse 20. And he says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. If you're highlighting today, if you're underlining, I want you to write that down. I want you to highlight that. Take that note that we are Christ's ambassadors. This is a huge thing. It says God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. In other words, what Paul is challenging us here is he is not challenging us to be pastors and missionaries. He is challenging us to be ambassadors for Christ wherever we find ourselves. If you and I wait on a preacher... To reach everybody for Christ, we're never going to see the world transformed. God didn't call me to go to your job and be a witness. He called you there. He put you there specifically for a purpose. I tell Perry this all the time. Whenever she's, whenever she's tired of the, the little kindergartners that are coming in and making a mess and doing whatever it is kindergartners do, listen, it, it's one thing to... Teaching is a whole animal all by itself. It's a whole world of crazy. But, but it, it's one thing to teach a teenager that's almost an adult versus a, a five-year-old that's not even close to being an adult, right? And, and when five-year-olds act crazy, you just have a whole, whole deal to mess, to mess with. And so Perry will come home someday and she's like, I'm worn out. You know, I'm tired. I need a nap. And, and here's the thing. I tell Perry all the time, God has placed you there. He's placed you there. You are an ambassador for Christ in that place. Not just for the kids, 
but for the teachers that are in the next room over. You're there for the adults that come in your room to help with the kids that you have that are bad or that are, you know, whatever. And, and I said, you're there for the administration. You're there for the parents that are calling you and texting you and emailing you. Like God has placed you in those people's lives for a reason. You're not just at your job to make money. God will bless you and he will help you and he'll provide for you, but you're at your job to be an ambassador for Christ. And so the challenge that I feel like we face a lot of times is we face this challenge of everything is easy on Sunday, but the real world starts on Tuesday, right? You kind of sleep through Monday, but real world starts on Tuesday. And, and whenever I get to Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, whenever I'm in the marketplace, that's when the challenge begins because it's all fine and good on Sunday. Yeah, Gabriel, that's good. You know, thank you for the word, whatever. But how am I going to use this tomorrow? That's when it really matters. When it really matters is when I'm in that board meeting. When it really matters is whenever I'm, I'm trying to make the sale and I'm trying to write up the contract. When it really matters is, is whenever I'm out in the marketplace. And so, so I just want to give you a couple of things to, to think about today. We're going to talk about what Jesus valued. Because if we're in his ambassador, we represent him. But if we don't know his values, how can we represent him? Right? And what we've got today in, in today's world is we've got a lot of people that claim the name of Christ, but they don't value the things he values. And so we end up with a very watered-down gospel, a, a, a gospel that doesn't mean anything anymore because we don't value the same things Christ values. But we like to throw in that I'm a Christian. One of my friends one time, he played uh, professional baseball uh, back years and years ago. Um, and, and he said he, he played with Reggie Jackson, the famous... Wasn't it Reggie Jackson was the baseball player, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, I just got this vision. I'm thinking of someone that played for the Pacers. Yeah, Mr. October is Reggie Jackson, yes. And so anyways, so Reggie Jackson played baseball, and, um, and this friend of mine knew Reggie and said that Reggie, like, and maybe, Reggie, if you're watching today, I doubt you are. <laughs> if you are watching, this is outstanding, you know. <laughs> Love you, Reggie. Um, but uh, and so maybe he's totally changed. But the guy said this guy was absolutely not a Christian. The guy was very foul and foul living and just he said off the off the baseball field the guy was not good but they interviewed him one time and when they interviewed him reggie said first thing i want to thank my lord and lord and savior jesus christ because you know if you throw that in there you appeal to more people and so that's where we've gone today is we we like to throw in the i thank my lord lord and savior jesus christ but then we live however we want to and it waters down the gospel it's a great tactic of the enemy great tactic of the enemy just dilute everything, and then it doesn't affect anybody, all right? And so we want to know what Jesus' values are, because if we're an ambassador, we have to act like him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, one of the things it says is God is making his appeal through us. God expects you to be his voice in your school, in your marketplace, in your home. He's expecting you to speak for him as an ambassador would. So let's look at four things that Jesus valued, and then um, if you haven't figured it out by now, these four things will be the next four messages that we preach. We'll break them all down. So today I'll give you overview, and then we'll break them down later. And the first thing Jesus values is he values people. He values people over his own comfort, 
Many times, there, there are times when Jesus is preaching, and the Bible says that, that people just came, kept coming and kept coming and kept coming, and he preached until it was dark. He preached until everybody was hungry, and, and he just kept preaching. There was times, the Bible says, that, that as he was preaching, um, as he was walking through towns, as he was ministering to people, that, that the crowds would surround him so much that they thought it was gonna, they were going to crush him because they were pressing in so hard against him. So Jesus cared about people. He valued people over his own comfort. He valued people over his own rest. There, there are plenty of times when Jesus was tired. The Bible says he gets in a boat to go across the shore after preaching, and he falls asleep in the boat in the middle of a storm, right? He's worn out. Now, some people see that as Jesus, he valued rest. Yeah, I'm sure he did, but he was worn slap out. Why? Because he valued people that much. He valued people more than his own popularity. He valued people more than a lot of stuff. The Bible says he was constantly mixing in with the untouchables and the unlovables. There's one verse I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out today, actually three. Uh, Luke chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. And the Bible says that Jesus went to a man's house. He went to a Pharisee's house to have dinner. And as he goes to the house to have dinner, that uh, uh, verse already says, uh, a certain immoral woman... Probably a prostitute is what that means. Um, from that city, heard he was eating there, and she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Most people feel like that jar full of perfume was earned through prostitution. So right off the bat, we've got a couple of things wrong. We've got a prostitute coming in to talk to Jesus, and not only is that, but the offering she's bringing was earned through prostitution. Right? So you think about it for a second. Let's say we had a drug dealer come to church. Right off the bat, a bunch of people would be like, ooh, a drug dealer, I don't want to sit next to him. You know, like, right off the bat, we look at him, and we, we put some stigma on the drug dealer. But then when that drug dealer tithes on his, what he made on the street, now what do we do? Do we accept, trustees, help me out here. Are we accepting the drug dealer's tithe or not? All the non-trustees said yes. All the trustees are still thinking about it. They're like, I don't, I don't know if we can do that or not. Let's say you go to Mississippi. Let's say you go to Mississippi and you hit the jackpot in Mississippi and you bring in a million dollars that you just earned from the casino and you come back and you say, Gabriel, can I pay tithe on casino money? Who in here would have a problem with that? Raise your hand. Nobody? You bunch of sinners. Y'all will. Y'all lying? Y'all are lying dogs. I'm telling you right now. The truth is, here's the truth. The truth is, if you make money on gambling, you pay 30% tithe. That's the truth. <laughs> so tithe all you want. I mean, gamble all you want. Now, let's, back to the story. Here's, here's the problem we've got. We've got an immoral woman. She's bringing immoral gains um, as an offering to Jesus. And here's what it says. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet. She wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. The people around him did not like the people he associated with. Now, what the world's going to tell you, I'm just going to throw this out there. What the world's going to tell you is we have to, we have to value people. Everybody's going to tell you that. This part is easy. This is hitting a slow-pitch softball. Everybody has to value people. But what the world has twisted is they've twisted valuing people into affirming everything that that person does. 
So I have to affirm, right? I have to affirm. So what Jesus would have to do is he would have to say, hey, listen, being a prostitute is okay. It's your truth. Like you be a prostitute all you want because I know that's the only way you can earn money. And it's fine. It's good. Be a prostitute. And that's what the world wants us to do. The world wants us to affirm um, a homosexual lifestyle. The world wants, to us, wants us to affirm fornication. The world wants us to affirm um, stealing and cheating. The world wants us to affirm those things under the umbrella of we value people. But that brings me to the second value that Jesus had. And Jesus also valued truth. So he valued people, yes, but he values truth. And whenever you value people and truth, it's gonna, you're going to have some conflict. There's going to be times when you have conflict because Jesus valued truth. And he, had, he valued truth with the understanding of, I love people so much that I want to tell them the truth. I love people so much that I want to lead them into truth. And so here's what the Bible says about truth. In John 8, 31 and 32, it says, uh, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Right? He's saying, listen, be faithful to the word of God. Not to your feelings, not to your desires, not to how you think you were born or how you were you know, raised. Be faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus values truth because he understands it's truth that sets us free from any addiction or any problem that we have. In John chapter 6 verse 60, it says many of his disciples said, this is a different story he's telling, many of his disciples said this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? The disciples are saying he's teaching hard truths. How can anybody swallow what he's teaching? And then in John 6 Six, six. I'm just kidding. I didn't think about that this morning. I was putting it in my notes. I was like, hey, John six, six, six. That's crazy. John six, sixty six. Later on in that story, here's what it says. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. He values people, but he values truth. And the problem with valuing people and valuing truth is there's going to be conflict. And at some point, people are going to turn away when they don't like the truth. And Jesus valued truth over popularity. Jesus would rather the, the people, some of the people leave, right? They were mad and they were leaving. And, and he could have very easily said, whoa, 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 don't leave, don't leave. I'll change it. I'll change it. Maybe, maybe what you're doing is okay. Maybe, maybe you don't have to believe in me. Maybe you don't, I don't have to be the only way. Maybe there are multiple ways to get to heaven. And he could have changed it for them. But the fact is, he didn't change anything. He valued people, but he also valued truth. Truth is important. The third value that Jesus has is he valued his purpose. In Matthew 16, verses 21 through 23, this is just interesting to me. He, he values his purpose. I'm, let me give you a couple of little thoughts. The Bible says right after he's baptized that Jesus goes into, the, goes into the wilderness and he's tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. He gets tempted and, and he, he uh, is able to withstand the temptation from the enemy because he valued his purpose so much that he can confront the enemy. And you know what? That's really not that hard. Like for the most part, most of us can, can withstand the temptation from the enemy. But here's where it gets tricky. It gets tricky in Matthew 16 because here's what happens in verse 21. Uh, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. Jesus is explaining his purpose. And look at what his friend says. 
So it's one thing, it's one thing to value your purpose and allow your values to keep you on track when it's the enemy confronting you, but what about when it's your friend confronting you? Then Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not God's. Jesus looked at Peter and said, Your values aren't aligned with my values. Your values are the world's values, but my values are from the kingdom. I understand my purpose, and I can't allow anyone to derail my purpose. Not even my best friend. Not even my best friend. I've got to make sure my, value, my purpose is, is, is my main value here. So he valued people. He valued truth. He valued his purpose. And I, I want to make sure you understand that purpose point today. Because I already told you, your purpose on this earth is bigger than being a fireman. Your purpose on this earth is bigger than selling, you know, products. Your purpose on this earth is bigger than real estate. Your purpose on this earth is bigger than a gym. Your purpose on this earth is bitter, bigger than being um, in, in the medical field. Your purpose on this earth is bigger than driving trains. Your purpose on this earth is bigger than being retired. Like your purpose is bigger than these things. Your purpose is to be an ambassador for Christ. And when you go to work tomorrow, the market is going to want to pull you off of that purpose. And I'm telling you today, you got to have some values. And purpose has to be one of your values. You need to go in tomorrow and you need to say, I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work hard. Why am I going to work hard? Because I've got a purpose. And my purpose is to be an ambassador for Christ. And Jesus wasn't lazy. I'm going to love people. Even that guy that treats me bad, I'm going to love people. Why? Because Jesus had this value of loving people. And that's going to be one of my values today at this job because I'm his ambassador and I adopt his values. And I'm going to love the guy that cusses me out every morning when he gets here. I'm going to love him. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to do something good for him today. You're going to value truth tomorrow when you go into work. When it would be very easy to leave something off the contract. When it would be very easy to, to not tell somebody about what's behind wall number two. right? When it's, it's very easy just to leave some stuff out, you're going to value truth. And when people come to you and they ask you a question, your mind is going to think... Truth sets us free. I'm going to tell this person the truth. I'm not going to lie to them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to candy coat everything. I'm going to just be honest. Why? Because I'm an ambassador for Christ. And if that's his value, it's got to be my value too. And that brings us to the last value. And it's the value of presence. Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Luke 2, uh, 22, 39 in the ESV, it says, And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. The, the, the thought there is that he was often going to the Mount of Olives to pray. He needed to get in the presence of God. In that verse right there, as a matter of fact, it's when he's about to go to the cross, and he knows he needs to go pray. Jesus had this value of seeking the presence of God. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Of all the values, this is probably the hardest one. We live in a world of busy. Busy. 
We live in a world that is constantly pulling us. I mean, I work two jobs. My, my wife works a job. My son works a job. My daughter wants to get a job, but she's playing a sport. My other son's playing a sport. In, in our life, like our calendar just looks like somebody threw up all over it. There's just stuff everywhere in my calendar. And being busy is not a sign of, you know, productivity. Trust me. But there's so many things constantly pulling at us. And one of the things Jesus had to do is there were some nights he had to stay up late and there were some nights he had to wake, I mean, some mornings he had to wake up early, but he, he prioritized, he valued the presence of God. And when we value the presence of God, that's going to help us with all those other values. One of the things we've got to do here as a church is value the presence of God. That's why we're doing the upper room service. Someone asked me, they said, what is it all about? I said, it's just, I want us to have a time, even if it's just once a month, I want us to have a time when we can just value the presence of God. When, when we're not worried, look, we're, we're, we're growing and that's a good thing. I mean, I'm super proud that you guys bring your friends and, and people show up at church. It's, it's awesome. Really it is. You're being wonderful ambassadors, but eventually it's going to cause an issue, right? Like at some point we can't all fit in here at the same time. So, so then what do you do? You have to build a building, you have to find another building, or you have to go to multiple services. And, and here's the problem with multiple services. There's no forgiveness if you go over on that time. Right? The children's workers all quit. And, and I'm fine with that. Like, I get it. I understand the culture. I understand where we are. But what I'm telling you is even as a church, I want to find little moments. If I can find a pocket of time, if I can find an hour on a Wednesday night once a month when we can go upstairs and just get into his presence. And not worry. Not worry about what's going to happen. Not worry about did we take up the right offering at the right time and did we, you know, did Lauren say all the right things? Not worry about it. Just, hey, can we just, can we just show up and just step into his presence for an hour? Can we step into his presence for, for an hour and a half and just, just allow his presence to transform who we are? And we need to do that in our personal lives. We need to do that in our homes. And I need to do that more. We all do. I'm in the same boat with you. Why don't you stand up with me today? We're going to pray. And when we pray, I, I, I want to give you one more value that I think Jesus had that I didn't put in my notes. It just it hit me when I was in worship today. And so I tried to scramble and type it in as fast as I could. Jesus valued winning. He valued winning. Not winning like games. Not winning like LSU football. Right? He valued winning over the enemy. And so here's what he did. He was constantly found, the Bible says, people would bring uh, sick people to him. They would bring demon-possessed people to him. They, they would bring hurting people to him. And he was constantly laying hands on them, casting out the devil, laying hands on them, healing the sick, laying hands on them, setting them free from oppression and depression and discouragement. Like he was constantly winning over the enemy. That's what he valued. And one of the things we need to value at this church is winning and beating the enemy. And one of the ways we do that is by praying with each other. The Bible says, we, we share this verse a lot, 
So if you're new here, get used to it. You're going to hear it a lot. But when you confess your sins one to another, you can be healed. That's what the Bible says. And it says the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. If I know there are some people in this church that love Jesus and want to pray for me, and they've got some powerful and effective prayers, then no matter what I'm going through, I want to get to them and let them pray with me. Because I want some healing. I want healing in my body. I want healing in my mind. I want healing in my soul. I want healing. I want victory. I want to win. And I want to see the enemy defeated every chance I get. So when you ask, why do we pray at the end of service? We pray because we know that Jesus values defeating the enemy. So I got some prayer team people. They're going to come down to the front. I'm going to pray for you right now. And as I pray for you, I want you to ask God to speak to your heart about what you need today. Maybe there's an area of life you need to change. Maybe there's some values you need to adopt. Maybe there's some, some things going on in you today and, and, and God's speaking to you today saying you need prayer about something. If you value winning today, we want to pray with you. We want to help you with whatever you got going on. So why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a second. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this house. We ask today that you speak to each and every one of our hearts. God, you know us, you see us, you, you wake up with us every day, you, you see us go to bed every night. God, you know every aspect of our life. There's nothing hidden from you. And so God, today we, we may um, have some issues going on. We may have some things happening in us today. Maybe we're not, we're not serving you. Maybe we haven't given our heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe we're not born again and, and we've been living a life of sin. We've been living a life for ourselves. And God, we have not been ambassadors for you. And today we want that. We desire that. Maybe today you're struggling with sickness or, or, or pain. Maybe today you're struggling with, with some depression or discouragement. And, and the Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would begin to speak to our hearts about that because we want to see some victory in those areas of our life. Or maybe there's just one of these values today that we've picked up and, and God, maybe we need to live it out. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would win today in us, be victorious today in us as we go get ready for this week. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, we're going to sing one more song. If you need prayer, be bold, slip out of your seat, come down to the front. Let us pray with you before you leave this house today.